It's the SeaWorld Splash Podcast, bringing you the latest news, rumors, and history from the SeaWorld parks in Orlando, San Antonio, and San Diego. And now, here are your hosts, Joseph, Carmerson, Josh, and Sheldon. That was awesome. So what do you think about SeaWorld's new take on theming, like Discovery Point Saudi being themed, Pacific Point being themed, Seared? Um, Blue World's also going to get its very own team. Massa got its own team. What do you think about Zero's team? Do you think they're doing really well on it? Or? I think they're doing really well because when you see an area, as a guest walks to the park, um, they feel like they're entering a different realm. And within that realm, what SeaWorld does that a lot of other places don't, Bush Gardens does the same thing. But as you enter a realm, let's say you enter the Pacific because of the specific point preserve, now we can infuse what challenges are found along the Pacific Gulf Coast. We can show uh, trash that washes up on the beaches. We can show challenges that sea lion pups have. We can show the kind of substrate or, or sand or, or shells these animals are moving around on. But to the people, they just think, wow, this place is seen really nicely. But to us, we can truly infuse some environmental messages uh, with, these, with these realms. Uh, just like Antarctica in Orlando. You, know, you go there, you feel how cold it is, right? But the educators are talking to you about climate change, and they're talking to you about oil spills and and challenges for the animals. And I think it impacts you better when you're feeling the environment that the animal is feeling, or you're looking at an environment which an animal on the coast of California would be seeing, and it really impacts you to go, man, if I just picked up my fishing line, when I go fishing on rocks just like that, I could help an animal like this. So I think realms are, are awesome because they engulf a person, they really immerse a person, into that environment and they make you feel connected even deeper to that animal because now you're not only sharing the animal's presence but you're also getting a hint of what its natural environment would be which is awesome and i think the biggest evidence we're going to see of that is when people are immersed uh you know in the future into our blue world project because they are going to feel it and it's going to be emotional and it's going to be powerful and i am so excited for that hello and welcome to the zero splash podcast episode 13. i'm your host joseph along with Carmerson. Hey, everybody. Josh. And Sheldon. What's going on, everybody? And today, we will be talking about the seven theatrical dolphin wonders of dolphin shows of the world, as well as the new educational shows at SeaWorld Orlando and San Antonio. Finally, myself and Josh have an interview with Clay Carp Hall, Seward San Antonio Animal Ambassador, and so much more. So, let's put on those ponchos and get ready to be drenched. Alright everyone, welcome to the SeaWorld Splash Podcast. Today we have some fun news and uh, plenty of segments today. Um, today we won't have an episode of Congress and Comedy, um, but that's for the time being. Now for our first segment today, um, um, starting, starting on, on May 29th, 29th um, um, the episode will probably be posted after then, uh, maybe um, during it, but um, um, on May 20th on May will be Blue Horizons in SeaWorld San Diego. That will be the Blue Horizons' 5th anniversary in the San Diego Park. SeaWorld Orlando's Blue Horizons had its 11th anniversary on May 8th, and I'm really excited for the 5th anniversary. Uh, and at uh, Monster Show, we uh, uh, plan to have a garage sale in my house, and I'm, so, and I'm planning to sell artwork themed with dolphins. And the whole yeah, thing of the whole art stand is going to be Blue Horizons. And I'm going to be playing the uh, Blue Horizons DVD as well for people to watch. And I've been doing this for a few years, though. So I like to tell people about all the amazing things SeaWorld has done. And Blue Horizons has been at the top of that list for quite a while now. So this will be like my fourth time um, giving Blue Horizons advertisements just for fun. Uh, so people will go and get interested and go to SeaWorld and see the show. And the reason why is Blue Horizons is so special to me. Um, because back, I discovered the show in 2008 on an old documentary on Travel Channel called SeaWorld Orlando Beyond Shamu, and uh, they were showing Blue Horizons on it, and when I saw the show, I'm like, holy crap, this is at SeaWorld Orlando, where have I been for the past nine years so far? I mean, I had no idea that this show even existed, because I was never up to date during then. And then I, 
this show really got me so amazed with the performance, how they were showing behind the scenes, the details of it. And then I decided I gotta start watching SeaWorld from the internet. I gotta stay updated with what they're doing. I mean, I just discovered Believe the year before, and I didn't even know about it until uh, 2007. So when Blue Horizons got me into doing internet research, and then eventually, uh, Blue, when Blue Horizons at SeaWorld San Diego was coming, it got me to get a Facebook account. And it also, the show got me to meet all of the friends I, got, I get to know now at SeaWorld. Um, when the park in San Diego announced Blue Horizons, I was extremely excited. I was doing backflips because I was watching the show in Orlando so many times on the internet. I'm like, I want to see the show in person. I want to see the show in person. And um, it was probably one of the happiest moments ever. Um, and at, our, at my graduation party, uh, we were talking about wanting to take a trip, but we didn't think we would be able to afford a trip to SeaWorld San Diego in order for me to go see the show, because I waited two years to see Blue Horizons in person. And then I finally, at my graduation party, I got the surprise that we get, we were going to get to go, and I literally screamed like a dolphin <laughs> in the middle of the room. Um, I was so, so excited. And when we got there, I was just sitting there um, thinking, I've been, I've been watching this show for two years. You know, I'm wondering, is this gonna be what I've always dreamt it would be? Is this gonna be incredible? Oh my gosh, and the first time I watched the show was in June, and I still have pictures from that very first time I ever watched it in person. I loved every second of that 30 minutes, uh, the 25 minute show, and even the after portions. It was the best, one of the best days of my life at SeaWorld. Um, I was very emotional after the show was over. And then eventually, when we were still there, we went and saw it a second time, and that just made things even better. And then later on, a few days later, I met my best friend at SeaWorld, and it was also my first SeaWorld friend. And Blue Horizons has played a huge role in my SeaWorld life. And I would, and whenever this show is going to have its very last show, I don't know when, but I know it will sometime uh, far in the future. When it does, I'm going to be crying because this show is very close to my heart. And if SeaWorld ever, um, when SeaWorld makes international expansions, I want to see more Blue Horizons shows being, being brought to those international expansions. So uh, SeaWorld, thank you for making Blue Horizons. It's a very special show. And happy fifth anniversary to the San Diego Blue Horizons. And I hope to see even more of the same show in future parks. And that is all for today. As everyone knows, in recent years, there was an oil spill that happened recently in Santa Barbara, which is in California. And uh, it affected a lot of those, it affected a lot of animals. And SeaWorld has stepped in and is helping the sea lions and birds that were affected in that oil spill. So good job SeaWorld for stepping in once again and taking care of those animals. And now here is Josh to talk about uh, his and Congressman's San Diego meetup. So Josh, take it away. We have a meetup opportunity. Two of the members of the podcast and Congressman are going to be doing SeaWorld San Diego's career camp this summer in July. And the week we are going is the 12th through the 17th. If you wish to meet up with us, that is fine. Um, if you are going to meet up with us, most likely you're going to have to just say hi to us when we're walking because Career Camp does keep a bit us busy, so we might not have enough time to talk and chat. But if you do see us, look for a kid wearing my wearing the two hats. My, you'll see my two hats later on the Facebook and Instagram. They are my very iconic hats. I've seen nobody else wear a hat like that. So if you see those, go ahead and stop by, say hi. We'll be in the same group most likely, so I'll, so we'll say hi back, and I don't know how much time we will have going on this situation, but hopefully we will get up, be able to meet up with you. Now, I most likely you will be meeting Congressman because I most likely will not be staying, or will not be arriving, sorry for my grammar, in the beginning of camp. I most likely will just be there for the camp slots week. Yeah, all right, so thank you, Josh, for giving us uh, telling everyone about our uh, Saint SeaWorld San Diego trip coming up, 
and we are going to be doing career camp in July, so um, for those who want to come hang out with us, uh, just to let you know before we get to the next segment, I'm going to be at SeaWorld San Diego for an additional four days, so if you guys uh, want to come down to SeaWorld and hang out with us, or hang out with me, Joseph, or Josh, you are more than welcome to, um, and we will see you there. And now, here's Commerson with the World's Seven Wondrous Dolphin Shows. And now for our next segment, I have something very special for you all. It is called the World's Seven Wondrous Dolphin Show, which is ironic, like in one world. So, <laughs> all right, so there are seven magical dolphin shows on our planet. Only seven—that's a very small amount. All the other dolphin shows are typically educational or really old-fashioned, um, but there are only seven very unique, special dolphin shows in the world. And we have all seven listed for you, for you, and their names and where they're located. So you can go check them out on YouTube, or even go see them in person. All right. So in number seven, we had our first show. This uh, show is called Ocean Wonders. Uh, Ocean Wonders is a dolphin and California sea show. It has a bunch of dolphins and In this show, they have Ocean Park in Hong Kong. Um, you might have heard a lot of great things about Hong Kong. Uh, they, um, Ocean Park in Hong Kong was the first place to do artificial insemination with a bottlenose dolphin back in the teen years. And uh, they gave that bridge to SeaWorld so that we have successful breeding programs with our dolphins. Um, they have great conservation efforts. I know that they tried rescuing pilot whales recently. And they did have a killer whale at one time. So um, now, even though I wouldn't say Ocean Park is the world's greatest marine theme park, I think it's one of the most special ones because of the conservation. And Ocean Wonders highlights conservation and being inspired by animals. So what the show is about is there's uh, someone, a researcher, who is on a little life uh, raft, not exactly a life raft, but I guess like a log boat or whatever, I can't remember what to call it, but he's out there in the ocean and he has a sea lion companion and he meets more sea lions and dolphins and he, bees and he gets inspired to understand why these animals are beautiful and amazing and, and very special why we need to care for them in the world. Um, as for the rating, I would actually say this show deserves only half a star and was very disappointed with how this show looked um, because the acting was not very good. They have scripted lines in it, but it didn't feel very natural and this particular show didn't wow me too much. I will say they had some very well done behaviors performed with the animals and they have a very nice looking set. But I'm not very impressed with the form of the show. That's why I'm doing it half a star. And it's a little critical, but I'd like to see Ocean Park do a little better in some areas with their shows in the future. Alright, and number six, we have a very old dolphin show called Dolphiria. Dolphiria is located at the Inoshima Aquarium in Japan. Uh, right along the beach of Inoshima, Japan. And, and, uh, and, and you probably heard of this place that has a resource dolphin named Hannah and a false killer whale named Sailor who live with some Pacific bottlenose dolphins. They live in a very small environment, but it's also a very whale high-tech environment. They don't catch any dolphins from what I know of from the Taji Drive any longer. Um, they're getting very cons conservative with the environment as well. And in fact, this aquarium was the first facility on the planet to house the world's first theatrical cetacean show. Um, this show opened in 2002. It's the oldest theatrical dolphin show in the world. It's the very first. It still goes on today. In fact, it's become so popular in Japan, they have a DVD on sale online and in their gift shops on the show. And the, uh, the storyline of the show is a little bit bizarre, but the whole show is designed for little kids. So there are three... I'm not exactly sure what their names are. I tried looking up the characters' names, but I couldn't find it. But there are these three... Uh, trainers to play like these fun characters who wear these uh, very colorful costumes who I guess you could say are people who embrace the ocean life and they uh, meet a new member of their family who uh, comes out of like the, literally this big vacuum air type bubble and she learns learns of how beautiful these dolphins and whales are, and they um, literally put on a musical for people, and there's actually uh, dancing choreography along with the whales and dolphins and the people. Um, there's some absolutely beautiful behaviors in the show, and 
um, they really, really reach out to the younger generation and caring for the ocean in our planet. And I really actually like this show. The rating, I'm going to give it about three stars. It's not the best dolphin show I've seen, but it's actually one of my favorite, even though it's a little kid show. Um, because they really reach out to children and to understand it. A lot of people really like this show, actually. They've gotten some really nice reviews. And it's been around for a while, and it's been uh, played a large part in dolphin show history. So, uh, in number five, we have Aquabella. And this show is located at the Dolphinarium in Hardewijk of the Netherlands. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you are very familiar with this new show. And it just came out, I believe, two years ago. The show was directed by uh, Roy. I can't remember his last name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, he's got a long last name. I know that. But I'll talk a little bit about Roy and a few other these shows later. But he uh, directed this all show. And, and um, he is a very excellent director of theatrical dolphin shows. Um, Aquabella is also about conservation. In many ways, it's almost like one ocean. So the storyline is there is a tourist out in the Netherlands who uh, tries throwing their garbage into the water when dolphins keep throwing the garbage back at them, or back at him, or her. And then they realize that uh, the dolphin trainers come in and make this person understand that you can't live in the environment because this is a beautiful place. It's very life is fragile, and they highlight it even in the scene where the Arctic ice is melting. They have this one high creepy but kind of scary and like whoa scene where Mother Nature kind of appears out of a mist screen and tells people, "Look at what people have done to the ocean and stuff. That it's it doesn't look good. Learn to conserve the environment." is the message and they make it fun enjoyable they get people that kids interact with the dolphins and they have spectacular behaviors in this show and for the rating i want to say um three and a half stars it's one of my most favorite dolphin shows this is a spectacular show it's got an original soundtrack there are fountains in the show um there is a large screen with a door in it which is probably not a huge highlight but <laughs> um there's great waterwork behaviors spectacular beautiful waterwork behaviors in this uh, show. Hey, this place sounds familiar. It's the same facility where Gudrun the Killer Whale came from, so it's a close friend of SeaWorlds. So I recommend checking out Aqua. In number four, we have AT&T Dolphin Tales from Georgia Aquarium in Atlanta. And this show is also directed by Roy, as well as two other directors from WowWorks. This dolphin show is actually the world's first Broadway dolphin musical. There is singing in this show, live singing, um, by professional male singers, and they play a character called the Star Spinner. The Star Spinner live, is supposed to live around in like fairy tale-like environment, I guess, around the 1400s, and he sails he sails the oceans with his crew and a bunch of dolphins on a beautiful ship. They navigate the oceans. They uh, catalog everything basically and in this storyline uh, his ship was attacked and sunk by sea monsters and ironically the ship the sea monsters sail on it looks like a dunkleosteus which is an extinct fish <clears throat> so he banned once he with the help of the guests that are sitting in the audience he has them interact in the show they defeat the, the sea monsters as well with the dolphins there are spectacular dolphin ears in this show as well there is five large sail-like screens on the set and there is huge rain fountains and there are very large technological fountains with lights there are uh, beautiful waterwork behaviors and we actually SeaWorld San Diego just recently sent four male dolphins over there to that show so they might if you ever see them um, you guys can tell us how they're doing so this show I give a rating of full four stars this is probably one of my top favorite dolphin shows on the, in the world. I mean, I love all the shows on this list. Um, <clears throat> but this dolphin show is very spectacular. It really makes you understand how magical the ocean is. In fact, one of their theme songs is called Magic of the Sea. And then in number three, we have Azul for SeaWorld San Antonio. Azul, I'm actually not too impressed with, sadly. I'll get to saying why I'm not in a second. Azul is similar to Blue Horizons. In fact, it's almost the exact same as the previous show, Viva, 
which is one of the reasons why I'm not too impressed with this show. It has acrobats and new macaws, which are they didn't have before. There are synchronized swimmers, high divers, a few fountains, lighting, and of course Pacific white-sided dolphins and beluga whales. Um, this show really wants us to discover life around us and, you know, just enjoy nature. However, now the reason I'm not too thrilled about this show, I'd probably give it about three and a half stars as well. Because the show uh, is not exactly owned entirely by SeaWorld, another company helped pretty much just produce this show. And so technically there's not full ownership. And even though the soundtrack is an original, which is good, um, it, the show doesn't feel any different. Neither does the set feel any different to um, what Viva was like before Azul came. And it's it doesn't feel very new or different, so it's n not up at the very top, so I'm sorry, Azul. Alright, number two. The world-famous and legendary Blue Horizons, which had originated at SeaWorld Orlando in um, 2005, it's been and in Orlando Park, as I mentioned before, is 11 years old, and San Diego opened theirs in 2010, and that one is now five years old. So Blue Horizons must be, in my opinion, the world's greatest theatrical animal and human show. There are several fans in the show with me, with a gorgeous set made out of glass. Literally, the set in San Diego, though. Is, most, is pretty much entirely made out of glass. And there is several different exotic birds in the show, from uh, the marabou storks in Orlando to East African crown cranes, vultures, several multicolored mothers, doves, and parrots, and sun conures. This show, I have to say, is probably just so spectacular. And it's very special. I want to give it five stars, in my opinion, but for speaking for other people, I would say four stars for other people's opinions. Um, because um, there are other shows that other people like too. But Blue Horizons is in second place for this reason. It's a spectacular show. And the show is about Marina, who dreams about going to, a to the horizon where the sun meets the glowing sea, where she can meet, uh, meet Dolphus and Aurora, the spirits of the sea and sky, which in in integrate dolphins, uh, bottlenose dolphins, short fin pilot whales, and all the species of birds. And it's in a huge extravaganza that's so spectacular, it leaves you with chill. So this show, in my opinion, would be five stars, but if, but for speaking for everyone else, it would be four stars, probably. So I think this show is a well-done job for SeaWorld. And it is the first theatrical, or I mean, second theatrical animal show SeaWorld's ever done. And finally, in first place, is obviously One Ocean, and One Ocean is actually uh, the world's only killer whale theatrical show. It's the only, I'll repeat that again, it's the only theatrical orca show, very surprisingly. Um, this show is again about conservation, but they do it in such a rhythmic way where you dance with the ocean, play with the sea, and you interact with the whales, and the whales have fun, and they show you the beauty of the ocean. And what better way to experience the ocean and its how it was made and its beauty then right you know then with the top predator of the ocean the king of the ocean they are they are your guides through all five oceans of our planet and they make us realize that we are all intertwined in the environment and what we do now echoes through time so we are a chorus of hope that breathes life life or death depending on our decision of what we do with the environment so the set is gorgeous with the sunset whale tail, the animals, sea of life creatures on wave panels, and of course the old four LED screens from Believe, along with so many fountains. I mean, goodness. So this show, everyone seems to like this one a little bit more than Blue Horizons, which is fine. So I would say give this one five stars too. Uh, of course, we all love the killer whales, and that's the reason why SeaWorld exists still. So, and that's a, a fantastic reason. So, we are intertwined again uh, with the chorus of speaking in one voice for one ocean. And that's the seven wondrous self shows of the world. In 2016, make your way for the all-new Mako. 
Sink your teeth into SeaWorld's unrivaled new coaster, Mako, arriving summer 2016. This 200-foot hypercoaster soars to the top of the food chain as Orlando's tallest, fastest, longest coaster. Scream through the deep dives with unmatched speed and predator power. Fly through the air with the grace and agility of the ocean's apex predator. Opening in 2016. As many of you know, SeaWorld Orlando and SeaWorld San Antonio just got two new Shamu educational shows called Shamu Upos. Now, San Diego has already started this trend, and San Antonio had Shamu Adventure. But this is something completely new for SeaWorld Orlando, who so far hasn't had a Shamu educational show since Shamu Adventure, in my opinion. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everyone to learn more about trail levels up close, which they would never have the opportunity to do in the wild. So definitely something to really look forward to. Also, Joseph and Josh will have an interview with Clay, one of the people that are responsible for SeaWorld as well. Okay. So we're kind of getting used to this. All right. Um, what do you think the impact of Pacific Point is going to be? Oh my gosh, it's going to be huge. I mean, people that have been coming to SeaWorld San Antonio for years and years and years have been used to an exhibit, an exhibit that looked uh, older, and when it was built, it was state-of-the-art, but as it aged, you know, people could really tell, man, what, what's going to be next for those sea lions? And I've been walking through Pacific uh, Point now for the last couple of days, really taking a look at everything. I've seen the shows. Uh, that we've been kind of doing for VIP events and team member events. And Pacific Point is just beautiful. Uh, it's got all this beautiful natural looking rock work. It's got really cool levels uh, for the sea lions to get up to, to see everybody. They took off a whole bunch of walls around the pool and added in a bunch of really nice, beautiful, big glass viewing areas. So for little kids, uh, they can get right up to that wall and see the animals. It's really easy for guests to feed. Yeah, they even redid all of the otter exhibits as well. So everything just looks so beautiful. There's great theming, there's great conservation messaging, great rescue message signage all around the pool. I mean, once you get in there, you feel like you're on a wharf in the Pacific Ocean, which here in Texas, is kind of hard to, to see every day unless you go to SeaWorld. That's pretty cool. It's awesome, man. I'm not kidding. It's super awesome. And we hear that killer whales up close got uh, to be a part of SeaWorld San Antonio. Yeah, yesterday was our first show for killer whales up close. Uh, the education team and uh, you know the Shamu team have been working really closely together, and that show is gonna is a knockout of the park. I mean, it's awesome. What's happening is we're having. Uh, people come and watch our educational shows because we were doing, we were already doing fueled educational Shamu shows. Um, but this new Shamu Up Close is a whole different format. Um, you know, we have a host, we've got the trainer, um, we're taking questions from the audience, we're getting questions uh, that we've seen maybe on Ask SeaWorld, and I mean, it's all out there. And it's really cool, and we're showing off behaviors. And what's neat about it is people watch One Ocean or Light Up the Night and they see a behavior, and they go, oh, that's cool, the whale just did a front flip. But in the Shamu Up Close show, we tell you what the purpose of a front flip is, not only working with the animals here at the park, but also what jumping in the natural environment out in the ocean would be doing, how that's a communication, or a way to uh, look ahead, or a way to really pick up speed, or a way to give force uh, to a sea lion or a gray whale they need to, to find a hunt, or stun up a school of fish. We're giving people an insight why the animals do what they do and when you give that kind of insight you really empower people to know a lot about what the animals doing at all times whether we have really cool music and lights going on or whether they're just doing what they normally do in their everyday life so I really like that about Shamu Up Close it's really connecting people with those killer whales oh yeah that was pretty cool uh, even Josh got a video of it in San Diego yeah, San Diego, San Diego had its first. Am I, am I right on that? San Diego kind of took it first. Now, oh, yeah. Yeah, now we're adapting that to the other parks, which is fantastic. I think, actually, I think Orlando has something else. I want to say it's called Into the Blue, but I'm not sure. Um, I think they have a different uh, killer whale um, educational show than San Antonio and San Diego do. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. 
But, you know, we have Azul right now, which is Pacific white-sided dolphins and beluga whales. And we're the only park uh, of the SeaWorld parks that utilizes beluga whales in a show. And we're the only park that utilizes Pacific white-sided dolphins in a show. So that does make SeaWorld San Antonio uh, unique uh, in the fact that it doesn't have blue horizons. It has Azul. Uh, so, I mean, I, in my opinion, I think San Diego and Orlando could really uh, jump on board because Azul is pretty awesome. I mean, Blue Rise is cool, but they can't beat Azul. It's pretty cool. Right. I have a few more questions before we do anything else. So, you know, here in San Diego is getting Blue Will, and San Antonio is getting Discovery Point to this point. Orlando is going to get that new roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. What do you think is the next? next big step for SeaWorld and entertainment and race. You know, I think these Blue World projects that Orlando and San Antonio are getting after San Diego, I mean, are a pretty big step. But every year, you know, I sit in meetings here or we have talks about a new exhibit or a new concept. And every year, the innovation level just gets higher and higher and higher and higher. And I think that if you're a SeaWorld fan, if you're a person that wants to work at SeaWorld, if your family loves coming to SeaWorld, I think you are just in store for a great next set of years coming up. Because you're going to see new things at all the parks. There are new things that they're not even telling me about right now. And But I know that these parks are going to evolve into something amazing. Uh, who knows what the next big innovation is. But I can guarantee you that if there is a cool innovation in enrichment, uh, animal welfare, uh, husbandry, animal training, you're not going to see it anywhere else but SeaWorld and Bush Gardens first. Because these are the places, we are the places that are really trailblazing a lot of a lot of techniques with animals, a lot of habitat designs with animals. And I think it's cool when SeaWorld opened Discovery Point, they opened Rocky, they all, uh, opened Pacific Point Preserve, they opened Blue World. It really sets the standard for other aquariums, other zoos, other marine parks to go, hey, SeaWorld did that. We've got to up our game. And I think that's what we do as an industry leader. We continue to raise the bar for other zoos and aquariums. Uh, as other zoos have their animals they're really popular with or they're very good at working with, we can take lessons from them. When it comes to marine life, you can't beat SeaWorld and the innovations that we can create. Oh, yeah. That's definitely... Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I always, like you guys, I always wanted to work at SeaWorld. Like that was my goal in life, was to work with animals at SeaWorld. I didn't necessarily have a big ambition, whether it had to be killer whales or it had to be sea lions or anything. I just knew that if I was going to work with animals, it needed to be at SeaWorld because I felt like of all the zoos my parents took me to and all the places I traveled around the country, SeaWorld was always the best and the best experience. So in high school, I got a... <laughs> saw online there was a posting for show host and I'm thinking as a junior in high school I'm thinking holy smokes that's so cool I could apply to be a show host like right now and like host my own show I thought that was the coolest idea ever so I applied as a junior in high school and I got the position and I came in for orientation and I don't know if you know this but a show host isn't like hosting a show it means like you're hosting people to their seats you're making sure the stadium's clean after the show, like you're picking up trash, um, you're cleaning up everything. So that's what I did for my first six months here at SeaWorld San Antonio, is I think I picked up trash. Like I was a park operations uh, stadium attendant or show host. So I was like, man, I thought I was going to be hosting. I told my mom and dad, like, hey, you guys got to come watch the new show and be hosting. I don't know what it is yet because I haven't started, but it's going to be great. Then after my first day, you know, I had to break the news that I wasn't actually hosting my own show. Uh, then I got, I moved myself over to the education department and I did tours, camps, and sleepovers uh, for two and a half years. Uh, and then I left that department. It was an opportunity to move to the animal ambassador team, where is where I make my home these days. And I was able to move to the animal ambassador team where I work with a variety of over 35 different species of animals. I travel all around the country talking about animals on television shows. Uh, I do presentations. Um, for campers here, I meet VIPs, uh, we go all over the place. Whether I'm in New York City with Julie Scardina, or I'm doing a show with Jack Hanna on the West Coast, uh, whether we're doing some stuff in Dallas or Houston, or we go to Phoenix or Las Vegas, Miami, who knows where we're going to be. We travel all around the country. 
which is really neat. And this department has really been one of the coolest uh, moves of my entire career. Um, as far as people that want to become animal trainers, I think in this day and age, E-World and Bush Gardens, they really look toward experience. You know, how, what kind of experience are you bringing to the table? Because this, E-World is really the creme de la creme. It is the top of the, the top of the fountain for a lot of folks. Uh, they pay very well. They're very, they're very good. They have a lot of money to make really cool things for facility changes. Um, but we want to make sure we have the most experienced team. So for new people that are trying to break in, I always say, man, you got to go get some experience at a zoo or an aquarium, volunteer somewhere, do internships, really arm yourself. Because there are hundreds of people that want to work with animals in the world. And you've got to be able to stand out above those hundreds of people. And the way you stand out is greater experience than the, than the next guy. Or, uh, you know, a degree will also give you that, that extra push. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going out for my degree. Good, man. Then stick with it, you know. I, I'm a weird case, and I'll be honest with you. I'm a very weird case. I was, um, well, I was in uh, a university while I was working at SeaWorld, and my outlook was you go to school, you go to a university to get the job you want, right? I mean, that's kind of the college dream. You go to school to get the job you want. Yep. Well, when I was a junior in college, I had the job I wanted. So I focused more on career and slowed down on school, because so that was my decision to make. But that's not a good decision for everybody else. Like, I'm always like, say, as fast as you can in college, get all your credits done. You can be out and done and enjoy your life. You know, but for me, I shared time between the two places uh, for a long time. And the day it hit me hard was I was sitting in biology uh, at the University of Texas, San Antonio, and we were talking about the reproductive cycle of different animals, and I got a call on my cell phone that a beluga whale was going into labor, you know, and but I had a calf watch that night. So calf watches were basically we sit around and watch the baby, make sure it's breathing okay, make sure it's, it's staying with mom, you know, tracking how long it's nursing. And I'm sitting there listening to my professor talk about the life cycle, and I realized that when I leave this class, I'm going to work and I'm going to witness the life cycle. So it was kind of practical experience versus book experience for me at that time. That's pretty awesome. It was very awesome. It's been awesome. All the 11 years of the world has been one of the most awesome times of my life. Hey, I got one, I got a question my friend might me to ask you. Are there okay. going to be any hidden shamus anywhere in San Antonio? Are there going to be any what? I'm sorry? Hidden shamus. Hidden shamus in San Antonio realms. You know, I was just talking to someone about that yesterday and I don't know. I, I would assume so because the design team likes to put those little Easter eggs in everywhere. Uh, someone was having a conversation with me yesterday that they went to Turtle Trek in Orlando and they still, they know there's a hidden shamu there, but they can't find it. So I would say yes, but I don't know. I'm going to be looking just like you're looking. Huh. Oh yeah, we're going to be looking for the one over here in San Diego. Yeah, you got to find it. I mean, these things are big deal. People want to find the hidden shamu. Oh yeah. I mean, someone had to point out uh, the one in Antarctica to me when I was in Orlando. That was, you know, they had to tell me exactly where it is because I couldn't find it. <laughs> well, let me tell you guys, they were the Splash team. Thank you all so much. Um, I know you guys are fans of SeaWorld. Thank you all so much for the support. I know every team member here, every animal trainer, animal care, aquarist, aviculturist, animal ambassador, lab worker, veterinarian, you know, we really appreciate people like you that really love SeaWorld. You are very passionate about it. You want to work here one day. And we really thank you for that because I know sometimes, uh, sometimes online, especially on Twitter, you can be hit pretty hard with some, some nasty stuff from people who don't like SeaWorld. So thank you so much for supporting us. And we really, really appreciate it. And thanks for thinking of me to be on your podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. And as you remember from our last episode uh we did talk a little bit about sea talks which continued this past weekend on may 25th with turtle day and it continues on june 8th with world oceans day and on 
July 11th and 12th with Chuck Weekend, so check it out. We also have a new Egyptian wreck at Bush Gardens, Tampa Bay, which Sheldon will talk about. So Sheldon, take it away. The new ride at Bush Gardens is called Cobra's Curse. This is going to be a fast, high, really fast roller coaster in the in the Egyptian area near where Mont used to be and taking place at Quasi. Also, there are going to be expansions on the elephant habitats at Bush Gardens as well, as other as well as other African exhibits in the African section or Egyptian section in Bush Gardens as well. Yes, do hope to ride it when it opens and can't wait for other new rides and opportunities to open up for Seawood and Bush Gardens for the rest of the years to come. That roller coaster sounds amazing and we can't wait to see it in 2016. As always, we thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions for topics, or want to share your Seawood stories, you can call or text our number 407-900-5309. We also love to have you share any updates or info or even drop by and say hello. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook.com at Seawood Splash Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Seawood Splash. You can also follow us on Instagram at Seawood Splash as well as Snapchat at Seawood Splash. Don't forget to check out our website www.seawoodsplash.com. You can also check us out on iTunes at Seawood Splash Podcast. And from all of us here on the Seawood Splash team, we thank you for listening and hope you Join us for the next amazing podcast to come. Splash you later. All right, guys, just before I start and leaving our podcast, I'd like to mention real quick, I have a uh, group called Smith Designs. If you guys want to go check it out, it's uh, you guys can. Smith Designs is kind of like my own uh, zoological theme park, aquarium, and zoo-themed uh, designing com- uh, little company, I guess you could say. Um, you, can got, you guys can go check out the updates on my recent projects of me, me des- of where I'm going to be designing zoos and aquariums and uh, zoological theme parks. And you guys can go also go check out the photo albums of my, uh, re- my recent and past projects. And if you have an idea for an attraction, a show, or even a theme park or a zoo or, or aquarium that you want to be made or designed, then come talk to me and I will see what I can do for you. And hopefully we can uh, create it on mostly on paper, but try and make it a, into reality. Again, it is called Smith Designs. Goodbye, my dears. I will miss you until next time. I love you. Okay, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to hug you. I'm, you know, forget it. I don't love you. I'm just kidding. I love you all. Love you all. Yes. So, this is Sheldon signing off for you. Have a whale of a day, and remember, sit in the soak zone, because you need to get wet. Why? Because it's Florida, and it's hot, so sit in the soak zone. Otherwise, good night, everybody. Have a good day. And as always, guys, we'll see you guys next time in the Splash Zone. This is Captain Emerson, signing off. Not emergency room! <laughs> Inside joke. This is Josh Burgess, signing off. <laughs>